Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Anytime you need comic relief, he is all about it. And, and the best part is he doesn't mean to. Maybe sometimes he means to. He, he's got that twinkle in his eye every now and then, or he actually will smile. But for the most part, that's just Mike Tomlin. He is the best. I asked a former player of his, so former Steeler, if he was always like that, and he said, absolutely. He's the same in front of the microphone as he is behind closed doors. He just may use a few more of the choice words that you can't say in front of a microphone. Normal dude eating his chicken wings over there. I'm like, Mike Tomlin eat chicken wings? <laughs> that has nothing to do with it, but we do enjoy the fact that Mike Tomlin eats chicken wings. That's Malik Willis, the rookie quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Have you noticed how that has died down, by the way? No one's calling for Malik Willis to start for the Titans anymore. It's amazing how winning changes pretty much everything in pro sports, right? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. There is so much to unpack from Monday Night Football between the Raiders and Chiefs to wrap week five. We've got Devontae. We've got Travis Kelsey both showing off and on the game's Biggest stage, the brightest lights. Vegas losing, as in choking away. Eh, I don't love the word choking. Coughing up. Like phlegm. Coughing up a three-score lead. We've got a roughing the passer penalty. Sniff, sniff. And we've got going for two when you're down by one. And you can use an extra point to tie. All of these are elements that became talking points on Monday Night Football. So we want to dive in. But what we're asking you, actually is, and this is for reals, if you're on the NFL competition committee or they come to you for your expertise, maybe you really impress them with your tweets. They come to you with your expertise and ask you, how would you define roughing the passer? That's what we want to know. So find us on Twitter. A-Law Radio is my Twitter. After Hours CBS is our show Twitter. While you're there, you can vote for TD of the Week. We've got some pretty impressive candidates. And actually had to leave out a bunch of candidates, including a go-ahead touchdown in the final three minutes. And then you can use our Facebook page. Utilize it to your heart's content after hours with Amy Lawrence on Facebook. Now coming up in, we'll call it 17 minutes if I'm on time. A special guest from our Charlotte affiliate who I distinctly remember, and and I'm not ripping on him. I'm, I'm glad he was happy at the time. I distinctly remember was giddy when the Panthers picked up Baker Mayfield. And it's all gone so horribly wrong to the point where Matt Rule just got fired on Monday. So I thought it was only fair to bring him back and to ask for his perspective now. It's not been that long, but pretty much everything has changed, except for the winning in Charlotte. 
We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. You need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family. Rocket can. Let's dive right in, shall we? We'll skip to the good stuff. The Raiders jumped out to a 17-point lead. No, seriously. It was 17 to nothing in Arrowhead Stadium. That's hard to do. 17 to nothing against the Chiefs, middle of the second quarter of Monday Night Football. And I don't know how this happens. Somehow, Travis Kelsey gets open. As in, like, gets open over and over again. He's, he's a master at it. Mahomes, two eligible to the right. Here comes. They look to the left. Now they go for the middle. Back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Kansas City. Travis Kelsey with the touchdown reception from Patrick Mahomes. And a great route by Kelsey. Well, that's how he gets open. He's as good as Steph Curry at moving without the ball. Do you know what makes Steph Curry so freaking dangerous, in addition to the fact that he's dead eye uh, with his shot, is that he's constantly moving. It's so hard to keep track of him. He exhausts defensive players, but also indicates how good the conditioning is. For him, for Travis Kelsey, who knows his quarterback, he does the dirty work. He actually likes the physical contact. In fact, he'll hit you if you get anywhere near him. (laughs) He loves to deliver those stiff arms, and he runs precise routes, but he also knows how to get open when a defender seemingly has him covered. It's amazing to watch him work at his craft. So the first touchdown for Travis Kelsey, remember the name, gets the Chiefs on the board. That's Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. And then there is this moment late in the first half that accidentally, (laughs) I just... It was not the intent, but this moment that sparked the Chiefs, and yet it actually went against them. Just one of those quirky things about life. Shotgun snap, dropping back, moves up, hit as he throws, down he goes, and he was brought down and sacked by Chris Jones. Flag thrown on the play, back at the 38, the sack came at the 42, it's a loss of four right now. Chris Jones may be playing as well as any defensive tackle in pro football. As the officials. He's going to get called for one here. I have a feeling it's going to be landing on top of the quarterback. Ah. It's all about quarterback safety. 107 to play in the first half. Personal foul. foul. Roughing the passer. Number 97. Defense. 15-yard penalty. Automatic first down. I think he meant 95. I believe he meant 95, too. This was just one of those. It was just a football play. But Chris Jones, as he was going for the sack, his entire body weight lands on Derek Carr. Really absolutely nothing he can do right here as he's just going for the sack and and getting the ball out. He's got, he's, I mean. That noise you hear from the fans at Arrowhead continued. It continued for what felt like a half an hour. But it sparked the Chiefs. Unintentionally, indirectly sparked the Chiefs. Maybe it was the support from the crowd. Maybe it was the fact that they were so indignant. If you go back and you watch the video, Chris Jones actually did attempt to brace himself from landing directly on Derek Carr. And not just that, his right arm had the football. So he tore the football away from Derek Carr. He cradles it like he's a running back in his right elbow And with his left arm, I don't know how a guy of 325 pounds does this. With his left elbow, he's athletic enough to brace himself from falling directly onto Derek Carr. 
I only see the play about 3,000 times overnight here on NFL Network and other networks that I've got up here in studio. Just We're going to pivot really quickly here because Gene Steratore was a guest on the Westwood One postgame show with Kurt Warner and Kevin Hartland that you just heard making that call. They brought him on board because they wanted him to react to not just this Chris Jones moment, but also the Grady Jarrett flag. Remember, the Falcons late thought they had stopped Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and were going to get the ball back in their game in Tampa. And instead, Grady Jarrett was called for roughing the passer because the official said they flung or he flung Tom Brady to the ground. So here's Gene Steratore's assessment. The hit yesterday with uh, with Brady in the uh, in the Atlanta game uh, just isn't a roughing the passer call. And uh, and tonight I thought there was kind of a two layer with the play we had with Jones tonight, where uh, I, I actually believe he has possession of the football before the players get to the ground. So in that case, looking at a body weight or what may have taken Carl Sheffers to that to that call to me was a little perplexing because I think we had a change of possession prior to actually the body's landing. But I, I think in, from a 10,000 foot area, look, we're into week five. The, the teams are, are, you know, everybody's got their football legs under them now. The officials need to, to get get up to that same pace at this point. In other words, the players, the coaches, they're all getting into midseason form. The officials have to do that as well. There's no more margin for error here. And I get that roughing the passer calls are subjective, which means they're going to vary from game to game and week to week, but we need more consistency. And also, we do not need our quarterbacks in bubble wrap. I mean, the number of QBs and offensive players who were weighing in last night, including Kurt Warner, about how the, the playing field's been slanted so much what else are defensive players supposed to do? And so that's what we're asking you. How would you define roughing the passer? I think it's fairly obvious the NFL is overcorrecting and overreacting to what happened with Tua. And I'm not saying he isn't important and his health is not important, only that not every time that a defensive player sacks a quarterback is there going to be a concussion. Not every time is it roughing the passer. And we'll hear from Chris Jones a little bit later on. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So the noise in Arrowhead Stadium was so loud that I, I heard uh, Kurt, maybe it was Kurt, maybe it was Kevin, say you can't even hear yourself thinking here. There's an open-air press box, and that noise continued. And yes, it did, in fact, spark Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs in the third quarter. Mahomes with McKinnon stationed to his left. Kelsey, the walking boss, goes in motion left. They flood the left side. Cut by Kelsey, and into the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City shielding the defender like he does so well and then spinning that shoulder into the end zone and the Chiefs start the third quarter with a touchdown drive. Mahomes takes the snap at the one and the five. In trouble, moves out past Crosby. Fires it late. Kelsey at the catch inside the ten. Stiff arms one. Now two. Now three. Stumbles into the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City! A hat trick for Travis Kelsey. An eight-yard touchdown catch. His third TD of the night. And the Chiefs have the lead for the first time in the game. It's Raiders Chiefs, baby. It's going to bring it out of you, man. Especially, um, you know, we start off a little slow. Had some calls not go our way. And, uh... Got not only us fired up, but that entire stadium fired up. Nobody cracked. Nobody, you know, you didn't see doubt in anybody's eyes. All it did was just, you know, almost build the beast. 
<laughs> made us made us kind of uh, rally together, cir- circle the wagons in a, in a way, and just uh, and fight for each other. And uh, when you see that out of us, man, it's um we know we can play some good football when when we when we have that kind of mentality. Travis Kelsey says that roughing the passer call sparked them, and uh, he wasn't done. He had four touchdowns, a fourth touchdown catch later in the game. So Travis Kelsey seven receptions for twenty five yards. That's it, twenty five yards. Before them were for touchdowns. Now, Devontae Adams had an incredible game as well. He hauled in two touchdowns, both deep shots. Oh, Derek Carr, you can see that he and Devontae have been doing this forever and really enjoy playing together. But their connection predates Las Vegas, obviously. So he has another huge touchdown, a 48-yarder. And when he does, it brings the Raiders within a point with about four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So now... Josh McDaniels makes the move instead of going for the extra point to tie. Now, keep in mind, there's four and a half minutes left. We're not talking about 30 seconds. Although 13 seconds is enough for the Chiefs. Sorry. Is it too soon? Was that, should I not bring that up? It can't be too soon. Anyway, there's four and a half minutes to go. And he decides that they're going to try for the two-point conversion instead of go for the extra point to tie the Chiefs at 30. Raiders going for two for the lead. Carr raises the right leg, hands it off to Jacobs. Jacobs piling forward. They're not going to give it to him. They did not get it. They did not get it. The Raiders did not get the two-point conversion. Tolan Saunders looks like he clogged the drain. That's Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. And certainly, uh, the way that Josh Jacobs had been running all game, they had really not had much success stopping him. But to be able to stand up on the goal line, again, I love the fans behind them. I love the, the physical toughness and the fact that their backs were against the wall, both figuratively and, in that case, literally, backs up against the goal line. So they're able to stop Josh Jacobs from getting in. Up 30 to 29. They end up getting the ball back. That's that's the point that I don't get. It, there's four and a half minutes to play. We're not talking about the final 15 seconds here. And so they get the ball back after they force the Chiefs to punt. They're moving the ball, moving the ball. And now they've got another fourth and one in which they decide they're going to pass the ball. 14 seconds on the play clock. Chiefs showing a run blitz. Their car is going to throw off play action. Here comes a blitz. They throw it to the left side. Incidental contact. The pass is overthrown. It is incomplete. I'm looking for flags. I see none. The Chiefs have held on fourth down and one on a blitz on car at 41 seconds to go in the game to preserve a 30 to 29 lead. All right. So they give the ball to Josh Jacobs on the goal line when they're trying to punch it in on the two point conversion. That that's doesn't work. I see none. <laughs> but as Mitch Holtis points out, they try to pass the ball on fourth and one at midfield. Wait, why not go back to Josh Jacobs there? The man had 154 yards rushing. Literally, the Chiefs were struggling to figure him out. And whenever they would try to stack the box and stop him, Carr would p- pass it over the top to Devontae Adams. Anyway, the part that sucks so bad for the Raiders is that Devontae and Hunter Renfro ran into each other and fell down. I'm surprised that wasn't a roughing the passer penalty or unnecessary roughness or whatever else they would call it. And so the way this game ended, it adds the insult to injury. They'd already coughed up a 17-point lead. 
and then that tough ending. I don't think it could have been more embarrassing. So, a little bit later, we'll let you hear from Patrick Mahomes, as well as from Derek Carr as part of a QB News, Josh McDaniels, explaining why to go for two. Although, I kind of feel like we get the same answer all the time, right? Oh, I believe in our offense. (laughs) And Derek Carr says he loved the move. I mean, yeah, I guess you like the confidence, but four and a half minutes to play? I don't, that's, that's weird to me. All right, straight ahead. We're going to head to Charlotte. It's gone so horribly wrong since July when Panthers fans were thrilled about getting Baker Mayfield. We'll get some reaction locally. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. How would you define roughing the passer? And also, vote for TD of the week. We got some doozy of a candidate. No, we've got, that didn't sound right. We've got doozies. <laughs> it's just, why did I have to get fancy? <laughs> or- Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Facebook page two, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Baker out of the shotgun, four-man pressure, throws too high, intercepted by Emmanuel Mosley, running back the other way, cuts inside, 10-5, Mosley, touchdown, San Francisco! A lot of time has, you know, um, passed here, we, you know, we have the record we have, and, uh, you know, again, there's different reasons that uh, go into that. I think that there has been progress um, of some sort, but look, we're just not getting over the hump. Um, and uh, we got to get over the hump. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. 
The voice of Panthers owner David Tepper explaining that they've got to get over the hump. And when asked what that means, he said it's winning. It's winning. More signs of winning than losing. And we haven't seen that with the Panthers lately. However, his decision to fire Matt Rule is certainly being hotly debated. Before that, Emmanuel Mosley, who is now actually out for the season with a torn ACL, but did take a pick six off Baker Mayfield as part of the Niners' victory in Charlotte on Sunday. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. When we spoke to our guest the last time he was on the show, Chris McLean, who is host of the Mac Attack on our Charlotte affiliate, WFNZ, it's 92.7 or AM 610. When we spoke to him in July, it was right after the Panthers had traded for Baker Mayfield. And Chris, I'm sure you remember that you were giddy. And, and that I'm not bringing this up to try to embarrass you or anything like that. Only that I can imagine your emotions have changed a lot. So what is your reaction to what's transpired over the last few months? Oh, Amy, now I see why I'm back on the show. Now I see why I'm back <laughs> on. At least I'm straight up with you. <laughs> thank God you didn't break out the old audio. I got to be honest. But uh, yeah. Wait, can the I mindset. tell you something? We did think about it. We we actually oh, have it. You did. And you, we decided you not to. You instincts. Right? I know you considered that. Um, <laughs> I Listen, of course, uh, my uh, enthusiasm has waned here. And by the way, the play of Baker Mayfield, someone I thought was going to be a serious upgrade from Sam Darnold, is a huge reason why we're here. I mean, I think you can make a strong case his performance has been worse than Sam played last year, which is really saying something. You could probably argue it's been the worst quarterback play since Cam was healthy all the way back in the early part of 2018. So that that's a big part of it. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, I guess the firing, which was very popular here um, in Carolina because fans, going back to last year, and I honestly thought the end of last year, I honestly thought the boot probably should have been made. But David Tepper wanted to stick it out. This is his first hire as a head coach. You know how that goes, Amy. He probably Mm -hmm. wanted to see it through, give him every chance he could. But this season really feels like a carryover of last year. And we did have enthusiasm, as you point out. I did. Um, When we brought, brought in Baker, the offensive line, I think, is improved. I think that was part of the enthusiasm. The coaching staff had changed. Um, some of those moves have worked out. Ben McAdoo has really struggled as an offensive coordinator here, so that one hasn't worked out the way we hoped. But um, I, I feel like I feel like it had to happen. It just felt like it, this was inevitable. So maybe do it now. Don't play out the string. And honestly, for Matt Rule, I mean, if he doesn't want to work, he can get forty million dollars. You know, is what he's <laughs> owed. But if he wants to start looking for those college jobs, which, as you know, are already you know some of them already opened up, yes. he can get a head start on that too. Why do you think it didn't work with Matt? Well, first of all, the quarterback position has to be, you know, one of the first things we talk about. I mean, and you've seen it from the outside, Amy. I mean, first, Teddy Bridgewater's brought in here. And honestly, in hindsight, they got rid of Teddy um, so quickly. They actually, Coach, Coach Rule and, and David Tepper both took shots at him in press conferences. It was really weird the way they treated him. And they sent him packing. But honestly, he was the best one of the lot in the Matt Rule era. Um, but since then, they've just... You know, they, they swung for the fences with Matthew Stafford, 
and Sean McVay and uh, Stafford get together in a hot tub in Cabo, and the rest is history. The Panthers' <laughs> chance of the trade for him, you know, went by the wayside. And then the, they made, they tried for the Deshaun Watson move, and that didn't work out. And in the meantime, it's just been leftovers. Wait, hold on. What about before. Garoppolo? Would you have been as excited if they had brought in Garoppolo? Because apparently that was also in the works outside of his shoulder issue. Yeah, I think yeah, I think the shoulder surgery kind of threw that pursuit off, and then they kind of pivoted to Baker. I mean, obviously, after watching the two guys play uh, on Sunday here in Charlotte, I would say I'd rather have Jimmy G. There also was the money that Jimmy G. was owed, you know, at True. the time was a factor. They were able to kind of barter the Baker money down where they only had to pay about $5 million. Um, that's $5 million too much based on the way Baker's played <laughs> right now. Um, and now he's hurt. We're to P.J. Walker. Right. I mean, I guess this is Amy is a long way of saying the quarterback position has been the biggest problem in the Matt Rule era. They haven't got it right. And for people out there that are thinking, well, why do you hold that against the coach? I heard you talking about this earlier on my way in here to the station. Like he was given as weird as it sounds now, right? Thinking about it. He was given coming straight from college, having only been an assistant mm-hmm. for one year in the NFL. He was given $9 million a year, made the fifth highest paid coach in the NFL and given final personnel say. So he wasn't a passenger. He was out there, as Bill Parcells would say, he was shopping for his own groceries at quarterback, <laughs> and I think that killed him. Yeah. yeah, well, and as we pointed out, it doesn't work with very many coaches. It's something that Bill Belichick's yeah. done, but really, how many others have been successful? We know Pete Carroll has a lot of input. He's earned that. A uh, listener pointed out to me, Sean Payton, uh, he had a lot of input in New Orleans. But, yeah, generally, especially when you're talking about coaches who lack experience, it's a fine line to walk. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Chris McClain with us from our Charlotte affiliate in the wake of Matt Rule's firing. What do you think about the fire sale concept? Because I was actually taken aback by that, especially when you're talking about guys like Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, this, this is obviously another storyline we have to talk about. I saw two more reports today talking about, you know, which players are, are generating the most calls. I think there was one from Jonathan Jones of CBS that, that brought up calls are coming in about McCaffrey and Burns. Albert Breer had one from SI talking about Burns and DJ Moore. Um, Burns and DJ Moore to me, young players at premium positions, pass rusher and, and wide receiver. I want nothing to do with that, quite honestly. These, those are positions where it's hard to get premium talent, and, and we actually do have premium talent there. The McCaffrey one, as much as I love CMC, the McCaffrey one is honestly one that I would explore if the price is right. Because he has had this injury history, Amy. You know how the deal goes with running backs. You give them that big second contract, and they often will have injuries throughout those contracts. That second contract, he's dealt with those. Um, uh, there's also, you know, three more years he's under contract, thirty-six total million dollars. So McCaffrey, and I don't think it's a premium position. I don't think, honestly, as good as CMC is. I don't think, like, how many have we lost? How many games, how many years in a row have we lost with CMC on the roster? I don't True. think running back in this day and age is one of those positions that necessarily is the most important you win because of. So that one I would look into, honestly. Robbie Anderson is another name out there that I think has been a disappointment since his first year here. Um, also can be traced back to the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, if you're, you know what I mean? Like if you're a receiver and you only get to impact the the field when the quarterback gets you the ball, that's also a a direct correlation. (laughs) This is very fair. This is very fair. That's true. He can't throw. As Giselle once said about Tom Brady, I don't mean to bring up. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. But 
Like, now that's a whole other lane we're going to go down here. We're going to be in divorce court. But, Amy, uh, as Giselle said, you can't throw the ball and catch the ball at the same time. So that's true. Fair. That is fair. Is there anybody on the roster that you would say is off limits? Brian Burns, definitely. One okay. of the best young edge rushers in the league. There's no way I would do that one. Um, DJ Moore, they gave him a new contract. Where Burns is on his first contract still. They gave Moore a new contract. I wouldn't do that. His lack of production this year is completely because of what you just said. You can't catch a ball that's sailing, you know, five feet wide of you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or passes that aren't even thrown to you when you're open. And that's what's been going on with DJ Moore. I wouldn't want to trade Jeremy Chin off the defense, J.C. Horn corner off the defense, Derek Brown. I'm not real interested. To me, the young defensive core and DJ Moore are the ones that I would be protective of. Mm. You know who I feel bad for and actually feel bad for us that we aren't getting a chance to see him as Matt Corral because he'd be take he might have taken over already at quarterback if they thought he was even remotely prepared. I know he's injured, but man, uh, I mean, the problem is, Chris, that they probably would have been able to see what he was capable of and see um, how much they could teach him and train him this year, even if they didn't play him, and then just let both Sam and Baker walk because they're in the final years of their deals, and that way you could start fresh with Matt. It's, it's, it, it does suck for him. And when that injury happened, we all kind of thought, man, this is a lost year for him, and right. it really does suck. And then when you start thinking, Amy, about what could be in our future – I don't want to act like I'm one of these crazies that looks at mock drafts early in the football season, <laughs> but I am. All right. I live in Carolina. We look at mock drafts very early in the season. That's right? sad, Chris. It's uh, just the sad. <laughs> right now are number one in the draft order as oh, of now. Dear. Now, there's a lot of football to be played. We'll see what Steve Wilkes can do as an inter- interim coach. But, like, Amy, this is supposed to be a great quarterback draft, right? According to the, the experts. And if the Panthers are drafting really high, I mean, I'm sorry to Matt Corral, but it's like, how do you turn down the chance to get someone that oh. seems like, you know, a almost can't miss a franchise quarterback compared to a third round guy that has a lot of ways to go, you know? Gotcha. Okay. So then let's talk about the coaching position. Not a who necessarily, Chris, but what, what do the Panthers need? What should they be looking for in a coach? Well, you got a lot of Panther fans here that would love to see David Tepper throw tons of his, of his money at our former arch enemy, Sean Payton. Uh, um, the problem with that is the Saints, he's still under contract with the yes, Saints. So anybody is. that hires him, as you know, is going to have to be compensated. They're going to compensate the Saints in the form of a draft pick. So, And the Saints, I'm sure, aren't going to want him going in the division. They're going to ask for the sun and the moon, I would think. I, to me, it's offensive mind, though. Like, you look at a guy like Brian Dayball and what he's doing. Mike McDaniel before all the quarterback injuries in Miami. You look for these young guys that are coordinators and are creative and young. That's what this team needs, especially if it's going to be Matt Corral or a first-round quarterback. If you're going to want to groom a young quarterback, I would love to have a schematic mind that can work with that quarterback from day one. That's one of the the things that I think killed the rule era, Amy, Mm. is that they went shopping for quarterback leftovers, you know, instead of just drafting and grooming someone early and letting them grow with the the regime. Mm. So, Chris, uh, this is this is something that it's, it's you know you think about and and it's hard to kind of like wrap your brain around it because we have to see who's available, we have to, that kind of thing. Uh, but if you're talking about uh, a guy who has the technical side for a quarterback specifically, um, and if they don't draft a QB, let's just say they don't, aren't they in the same cycle again? Like who who else would they even think about in the league that they could get? 
No, it's a great question, and one that honestly uh, is going to depress me if I start thinking I'm about sorry. it. I'm sorry. I don't. That's why I'm saying. To me, it's the perfect time now to do what you didn't do in the last regime, in the rule regime. Go out there. I mean, how many times do you see it, Amy? New coach comes in. You're usually drafting fairly high, right, because the right. coach is replacing a coach that was losing. And they take that opportunity to draft the QB, and the coach and the QB are kind of linked together. That's what happened here with Cam Newton and Ron Rivera. Right. In Ron's first draft, you know, they're picking number one overall. They, we stunk. Um, and <laughs> they go out and they get Cam, and Ron and Cam grow together. And it's it's by far – you know, the best years that we ever had here in Carolina. So to me, it would be the perfect timing to do that. There's no doubt about it. Hmm, interesting. I mean, Cooper Rush might be available. <laughs> you know, Amy, we have, there, you could not throw a name out there we haven't talked about, by the way. We have definitely <laughs> noticed Cooper's work, and I wonder if GM Scott Fitter has noticed it as well. I have okay, so I have one more offer to make. As a Broncos fan, I'm willing to pay you to take Russell Wilson. <laughs> 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 I, I, if we during our last conversation, I would have said, "Oh, it sounds like a deal." I'm not sure necessarily right no. now. Mister Unlimited has become Mister Limited in Denver, and I, uh, I don't know what's yeah. going on there. I just no want you to know, I feel your quarterback pain. Just so you don't think I'm laughing at you, I'm laughing so I don't cry because I feel your quarterback pain. Amy, <laughs> I listen. You're not going to get any sympathy out of me. I remember <laughs> Super Bowl Fifty. Peyton Manning's arm was throwing off, yeah. was falling off, but your dang defense. Was so oh good. yeah, Von Miller. Von Miller, freaking amazing. That's true. All right, you can follow Chris McLean on Twitter at MacWFNZ. That's our Charlotte affiliate, and he's got a lot to do, a lot to talk about. Top of the hour, host of the Mac Attack. Uh, this was all in good fun, Chris. You know that I would never want you to feel bad. <laughs> No, not at all. I'm sure this, uh, there was not some joy here that the last time I was on, I completely sounded ridiculous. You, you were I'm giddy. starting to think my wife put you up to this, Amy. You're you like a 12-year-old girl. You were that giddy. I was wrong in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that you're a man who can own up to the fact that he was wrong. How about that? I get a lot of experience. I have to do that a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> good stuff. Chris, great to talk to you. We'll talk again soon. All right, be good. It's going to turn the corner eventually, right? It has to. And I'm I'm asking that question as a, yes, longtime Broncos fan. I keep saying that to myself, but also for the Panthers. It's the right leadership. And, of course, the quarterback. And both those remain question marks. You can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Coming up, we're going to jam in some QB news because there's more. Ron Rivera. He mentioned Ron Rivera. Oh, boy, is he having a time with quarterbacks as well in Washington. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Third down and one. Malcolm Brown has checked in at running back. Stafford is under center on third and one. And a play fake to Brown. He's rushed and he's sacked. And the ball came out. And Dallas picks it up. It's Lawrence coming left to the five and into the end zone. And it looks like a Dallas touchdown. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Our Defensive Player of the Week is sponsored by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.com. It was a loud statement by the Cowboys defense to start out the game. Very first drive, Matthew Stafford gets sacked. The fumble is scooped up by Tank Lawrence and goes 19 yards for a touchdown. 90 seconds in, as you hear with Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio. And for that reason... I kind of feel like we should split it, though, with Micah Parsons. But for that reason, uh, we'll give Demarcus Lawrence our Defensive Player of the Week honor. Really, it was the defense for the Cowboys that set the tone, as it has been. They're one of the best defenses, one of the stingiest defenses in the league. Dallas with five sacks, 11 quarterback hits of Matthew Stafford, battered and bruised on Sunday. Also, three takeaways to make life a lot easier for Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, who've now won four games in a row. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it lost? Oh, my goodness, it's lost. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Stafford from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper Cup got it. Touchdown, L.A. Burrow back to throw. Looking, firing deep for Chase in the end zone. Oh, He's yeah. got it. Yes. Touchdown. Yes. Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Mahomes fires for the end zone. Caught it. With his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown run. The Bills respond and then some. It's time for QB News on After Hours. Well, let's jam it in there, why don't we? AFC West on display, Monday Night Football. This was a a really entertaining game, the roughing the passer penalty notwithstanding, and it dawned on me that this is what we were all hoping we would see from the AFC West with all of their off-season moves. It's just the Broncos didn't get the memo. But as long as Travis Kelsey is playing with Patrick Mahomes, we have the potential for fireworks. And last night it was four touchdowns for the tight end and a big comeback for the offense. I knew when he caught the fourth one that it was the fourth one. I didn't realize he had like seven catches, four touchdowns. Um, but they did. They, they had a good game plan of kind of that old New England, hit him off the line of scrimmage, um, double cover him and stuff like that. Um, I thought the other guys responded and made some big plays happen, and that's what we needed to see out of our offense. 
The Raiders were actually up 17-0 in this game midway through the second quarter. But as Travis Kelsey said, uh, it's going to be a beast anyway. Because, beast. <laughs> because it's the AFC West. And certainly, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have been in these situations before. You just don't know how guys are going to respond. I mean, we have, a lot, we have a lot of the same players that have been in some deficit games. But at the same time, we have a lot of new guys as well. Um, and so for guys to respond and just to keep battling, um, no matter we're down 17 points, um, and, and show that we can fight back from anything, um, that's what you want to see out of any great football team. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs keep pace with the Bills in the AFC. Now at five, oh, sorry, four and one, and those two teams meet next week. Come on, NFL. How did you know that? From the category of you can't make this stuff up. Also, I got a tweet saying, by the way, 13 seconds too soon. Let's wait till next Monday. Oh, I got you. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. For the Raiders, they had that moment with about four and a half minutes to go where instead of taking the point after to tie, and yes, Daniel Carlson would have made the kick, instead they go for two, and Josh Jacobs is stuffed at the line. We were all fired up. thought Josh was in from my point of view. and uh, He wasn't. He wasn't, and it's oh. frustrating. It's hard. We get the ball back, throw one to Tay. I thought it was a catch. We all thought it was a catch, you know, and I uh, think we're getting into field goal range and going to win the game there, and we get it back, and we get another chance, and we don't, we, don't, we don't make it happen. Okay, those are all things that happened in the late stages. How about the fact that you had a 17-point lead and coughed it up? In fact, it's the second time this year for the Raiders that they've had a 17-point lead and failed to protect it. So, yeah, now they fall to one and four. It sucks uh, what our record is. We've earned that. Um, but I just keep reinforcing that we have a good team. I've been on some teams that aren't as good as this one, and, and we're doing the right things. Just they made more plays than us at the end. Hey, so similar to the Chargers, same division, Brandon Staley choosing to go for it. So taking a gamble, not taking maybe the safer play or the play that makes more common sense. Midfield against the Browns, late stages. They decide to go for it on fourth and one instead of punting the ball away, thus giving the Browns an extremely short field when they don't come up with it. Brandon Staley on the Jim Rome Show on Monday. Our offense had had a huge day, and I really liked the matchups that we had, and you know, I had full confidence that, that we would make it with that amount of timeouts, that, that we would be, you know, finishing it there on, on our terms, fourth and one and a half. Um, going to trust Justin Herbert and our guys to go to go do it. And I felt like we had the play call, and um, I would do the same thing again. And, you know, I also know that there's a lot of scrutiny that comes with it, um, you know, and I take full responsibility um, for all of it. Uh, but, you know, our mindset was to go be aggressive and win that game. With his gangster quarterback, Every time Brandon Staley talks about Justin Herbert, that's what I think, our gangster quarterback. A gangster quarterback. <laughs> See what I mean? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. This feature is titled QB News, but he was also asked about Keenan Allen's tweet from home. WTF are we doing? <laughs> so, okay, players that are on injured reserve need to stay off their social media, but it's obviously very tempting when you're away and you want to be part of the conversation. He says their their relationship is stronger than ever, so we'll just leave that. Ron Rivera was asked about the main difference between the very challenging and competitive NFC East, a 5-0 team and two 4-1 teams, and then his team at the bottom of the division with a single win. Quarterback. The truth is oh. that this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you look at the teams that have been able to sustain success, 
They've been able to build it around a specific quarterback. Chose the quarterback here, though. So do you have any regrets about that, or how do you... No, I got no regrets about their quarterback. I think our quarterback has done some good things. There's been a couple of games that he struggled. Um, but you look at his numbers from yesterday, and you would say, okay, you look at his numbers he's had throughout the year. There was a time he was, you know, uh, very solid. And then, um, un- you know, we had the unfortunate Philadelphia game, and he struggled a little bit in the Dallas game. But the way he performed yesterday, it just shows you, you know, what he's capable of. And, you know, we chose him because we believe him. We chose him because we looked at what we felt were, were, were things that pointed towards him. Ron Rivera says he's got no buyer's remorse for bringing in Carson Wentz, but couldn't you ask the same question of, say, the Panthers now with Baker Mayfield? Or how about the Colts with Matt Ryan? He's an incredible quarterback, but, man, he's got a turnover problem right now. And then there's the Niners, who still have Jimmy G, even though Kyle Shanahan tries to get rid of him. One more, and this is from Mike McDaniel. He's got an update on Teddy Bridgewater, his backup quarterback, who is in concussion protocol. Teddy, uh, he he had no symptoms today. He had no symptoms yesterday. Um, But um, per the rule change, he's being treated as though he has a concussion. Um, And so he's in the subsequent protocol. I mean, the self-control that it requires for Mike McDaniel. Shoot, that's tough. And I get it. I get the concussion symptoms can take a little while to manifest. I get that head injuries are scary, but this is a direct overreaction to Tua. How long are you going to keep him in concussion protocol when he's got no symptoms and hasn't had any symptoms? It's not fair to Teddy if he doesn't actually have a concussion to treat him the same way as Tua. And by the way, the NFLPA and the NFL investigation cleared the Dolphins and the independent doctors of any wrongdoing. They've changed their protocols. They say that now if there's any sign of wobbliness or unsteadiness, a quarterback is out the rest of the way. And Teddy wasn't allowed back because somebody saw him wobble. Not many people, just somebody. But how long are you going to keep him in concussion protocol? That doesn't seem fair either. All right, we'll pick it up tonight. Watch those baseball games. We'll talk about them after our CBS Sports Radio. Boom! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.